All right. A show of hands, how many of you, this is your first time being in church on Christmas Day? Mine. Honestly. But it's good. Uh, you know, it's good to be in the house of God on Christmas. It's very special and uh, it's very unique. Some of you asked me about the clock back there. That's the clock that, um, well, I picked out, Brother Himes said he needed a, he wanted a big clock because, you know, Pastor Gunner had the small clock, and that's why he went over. He probably thought it was 1115. It was 1215. So <laughs> that's, probably, <laughs> that's probably why. But, uh, but uh, again, you know, people was asking about that. So that's the uh, explanation. It was not to time him. He's the one that said we need a bigger clock. So if you'll stand for the reading of the word, we're going to be in the book of Isaiah, and we're also going to and we're also going to be in Luke. Um, you know, as, this, as the Christmas season, as now today is Christmas, all the chaos, all the, the expectations, you know, everything that comes with Christmas, the shopping, the gift giving, the spending the money, the traveling, uh, so much so there was a lot of things around the birth of Christ as far as the prophecy, as far as people traveling to come see him, uh, See, see the baby being born, uh, you know, in, in a manger. Um, it is very, very supernatural that a virgin birth, something that sometimes when you think about it, it has to be supernatural because that's the only way it can happen. Um, hope, hope fulfilled is the title of the message, hope fulfilled. Isaiah verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 6 uh, excuse me, yes, in uh, verse 6. Um, Isaiah 9, verse 6. Uh, and I'll give you time to get there. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, given and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, and um, as it's so humbling that you gave your only son to us to die on the cross for our sins. And as you are the true reason for the Christmas season. Let us not forget that. Let us, as Christians, those who are here, haven't forgot that. We're here to serve you. We're here because of you, because of the supernatural birth, because we can't save ourselves. You sent your only son to save us. And as many today celebrate Christmas, some not even considering you, just only considering the gifts at hand or the money or only considering, well, it's, you know, it's just an extra day off for me. I pray, Lord, that the world may come to know you, that they may respect you as they should. Every knee must bow and every tongue must confess before you. But, Father God, I just pray, Lord, that you heal, you heal your people where they are hurting, they're sick. Father God, I pray, Lord, that we may not take this day in vain, that it is because of you that we live. In your precious name I pray, amen. Please be seated. 
Hope fulfilled. What is hope? Hope is like an expectation. Hope is, you know, when you say, I hope my kids graduate from school. I hope my kids go to college. I hope my kids succeed in life. I hope I get a better job. I hope, I hope, I hope. I hope and pray this happens. I, I, I hope and pray that happens. Hope. In the book of Isaiah, the people are under a tyrant, a ruler, King Ahaz. And Jeremiah here is prophesying what's going to happen. He gave the people hope. They were under oppression. And he gave the people hope and he said that there's going to be somebody that's born unto you. Unto a son is given to you. And we know that in John 3.16 that that was fulfilled. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. A son is given to us that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That supernatural birth. As you look at the scene here, nativity scene, years and years ago, this truly happened. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a cartoon. It's not a mystery. It's not a myth. But it's actual truth. And the myth buster is in this Bible that speaks on it. Around 700 A.D. is when Jeremiah, B.C., excuse me, Jeremiah prophesied this would happen. The people of Israel were under oppression. And he said, a son is given. A government shall be upon your shoulders. He will be a judge. He will hold the rules and the regulations up high. People came to him and said, Master, you know, or, or, or Jesus, you know, as the Pharisees came to him um, in the book of uh, Matthew, excuse me, John, uh, in the uh, book of John chapter 8, I'm not going to go there, but they came to him and said, hey, we found this adulterous woman. What should we do? And Jesus said, he who is without sin basically cast a stone. And as you see, he was writing something He was writing something then in the sand, and he said, where, woman, where where is your accusers? She said, I have, I don't have any. And he said, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. He talked about marriage. As this little child would grow up to be a man, he talked about marriage, and he talked about adultery, and he said, if you should much have lust on a woman, you have committed adultery. So he would hold the government on his shoulders, so to speak. He's a counselor. He said, those who are heavy laden, lay your burdens upon me. He's a counselor. So when you, when you are, 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 are hopeless, knowing that hope is already fulfilled in Jesus Christ, knowing that this birth of a child in Bethlehem with, again, he was born in a manger. He didn't have a place. Knowing that Mary gave gave this supernatural birth and as it was fulfilled, Isaiah said, again, and his name should be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. The word everlasting means that there is no end. John said it best. He said, he, he, uh, he, uh, he who was with me was, was before me, preferred before me. When John was yelling 
yelling in the uh, wilderness, telling people to repent. He said, he is before me. Well, how was that? He was born in a manger. How was that when, is it, when um, Mary and Mary's cousin was pregnant with John the Baptist, how was he before him? Because he always existed. Hope was fulfilled for us when he was born here as a human flesh, as a person. Again, hope in spite of pending judgment. Because if you look in Isaiah, the people were judged by Ahaz, and it was punishment. And Jeremiah gave them hope. As we celebrate Christmas today, and this Christmas day, knowing that we have hope in Jesus Christ, knowing that he lived a sinless life, and knowing that he died on the cross for us. Again, God's only son. Some of us have a matriarch, some of us have a patriarch in our family that we go for help for. We call them, uh, you know, everybody in the family calls when there's one person to, to solve their problems, or there's one person for advice, or there's one person for money. Every family has that patriarch or that matriarch that they call on some people call him Big Mama uh, or either Paul Paul or whatever because they have knowledge. Mama son for the Japanese. They have somebody that uh, they can rely on for knowledge, for wisdom, for growth, for direction. But let me tell you here, Jesus Christ is the greatest of them all. He can solve all your problems because there is going to be a time to where your father can't solve your problems. Your mother can't solve your problems. Your uncle, your aunt, money can't solve problems when you're diagnosed with cancer. Money can't cure everything. And so as we celebrate today, as some people have shopped and have shopped and have shopped and have spent all the money and still are empty because they don't have the true Christ in them. Christmas is not just a spell for, for Christians. Christmas is life for us. And as we think about this today, and, you know, as you go about your way, and as you celebrate today knowing that Christ is the reason, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke, Luke in chapter 2, uh, uh, I'll be in verse 8. Now, the Christmas story was read yesterday. However, I'm just going to read just, say, just a snapshot of it. Um, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came, came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. To all people. The good news, great tidings to all people. He's the savior of the world. Without him, we'll be on our way to hell. But here to all people, we're here. And we're here because of Christ. And it says, For for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. 
And this should be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And then it came to pass that the angel the angels were going away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, let us go now unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is to come to pass, hope fulfilled, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste. They hastened and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. So basically, the Lord... uh, the uh, angel of the Lord appeared to them and led them to Mary and Joseph. And they moved with haste to him, to see him in person, to see the Christ that was born, that was prophesied way back when before his birth. It was prophesied that somebody would be born and, and that person would be the savior of the world. And now, at time of expectation, it happened. And people are going to see what it is. Who is this this baby that they called Jesus. I remember it being read yesterday that King Herod tried to slew everyone that was two years and younger because he didn't want his rule and his kingdom taken from him, so he slew all the babies two years and younger. They wanted him dead before he was even alive. And they wanted him dead. Some people wanted him dead when they heard about him. They tried to kill him. We know the Pharisees plotted against him, but he laid down his life for us. He was basically born to die for us, for our sin. He always existed, but he took off his princely robes. He took off his crown to be born in a manger, basically born homeless in a manger for you and for me. He he had every right to be born into a royal family, and he chose the lineage of David. And if you read about the lineage of David, the lineage of David had prostitutes. It had sinners just like you and I. So when you think about that, how humble is a God that who deserves all but was born in a manger. And had to flee. Mary and Joseph had to be in hiding from King Herod because he wanted the baby dead. But I can tell you today he's not dead. I can tell you that that he lives, and he lives in all of us. And as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, knowing that he's not a baby anymore, but knowing that the birth, the supernatural birth, the chosen one, the light of this world, was born for us. Unto us a son is born. Unto us the counsel of the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. There are so many character things going in this world, and, you know, I was, I was watching an uh, interview by a guy named Mike Tyson. Some of you know him as being the greatest heavyweight to ever live. And he, told, he said the best years of his life, and this is what he said, and it kind of it relates to Paul, when Paul spent time in prison. He said, you know, the best time of my life is the three years I spent in prison. He said, I had peace. I had no one after me, no one after my money. I just wanted peace. Now, this man made $30 million a long time ago in one fight. He was the greatest, the greatest of them all. Some say he was better than Ali. He was not God by any means, but he said all I wanted was peace. 
And I couldn't get it with the money I had, the fame I had. I couldn't get it. And he said, the most peaceful time I had is when I was in prison. By myself, I could concentrate, I can pray, I can do whatever I can do, but I had peace about it. And some people find that ironic. He's the prince of peace. Money will not give you peace. It, it, it will give you temporary, keyword temporary, happiness. Temporary. Christ, the, the uh, virgin birth, the gift of God, will give you everlasting peace. Now, it doesn't mean that your life is going to be all glory and all gold. It just means that when you leave this world, you will know, and while you're living, you will know that, hey, I'm going to heaven when I die. And you will have peace with that. The Prince of Peace, the ruler of the Messiah, will bring wholeness and well-being to individuals such as you and I. The story of good tidings, goodwill and good tidings. And again, he's the Prince of Peace. Now, some of you probably done all your Christmas shopping and done everything and said, you know, I'm done. I'm done. And some of you are probably mad right now. Some of us men probably got those same gifts you got last year. Just re uh, it was just rewrapped because you didn't wear it, right? But, I, but can I tell you, there's nothing like the gift of God. There's nothing like the gift of eternal life. The gifts that you receive today, next year you may not even have them. You may lose them and, you know what I mean, you may break them. I learned that a long time ago when I bought gifts for my kids and toy after toy after toy after toy got destroyed. And I said, man, I spent all this money just to see it just go in the trash. But there's one gift that I will cherish for the rest of my life. The gift of knowing that I'm saved. The gift of knowing that if it weren't for this baby being born, that I wouldn't be here today standing before you. And I'm not going to take up much of your time. I promise to be brief. That's why we got the big clock back there. But, but I promise, I promise to be brief. But I have to share this with you in Jeremiah chapter 10. We're not done yet, but we're getting close. Jeremiah chapter 10. Verses 1. Verse 1 says, Hear ye, the, hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. Now, let me explain it to you. The people of Israel was, was worshiping idol gods when they should have been an example for the world, like we should be an example for the world at Southwest Baptist. They were too busy worshiping idols. They were too busy doing things that, that the uh, pagan nations done. So let me explain to you something. Some of you look at Christmas and you get caught up in the spirit of Christmas and you forget why we're here. Don't have the way of the heathen. Christmas is not all about shopping and all about spending and all about the lights and the glamour. Yes, it's cool to go around the neighborhood and see lights, but he is the light of the world. I've seen some good lights, and I said, man, maybe I need to call somebody and, and you know, get some lights installed. He gave me a price of $800. I said, I'll just, I'll just use my porch light. So that, that is not what I'm about. But, again, people get caught up in the Christmas spirit, and, they, and don't be the way of the heathen. They take Christ out of Christmas. Don't be the one that takes Christ out of Christmas. Be the one that knows the reason for the season, which is Christ, which is the baby, the baby being born, 
in a manger, surrounded by people that was coming to see him because the angel of the Lord said, hey, there's one, there's one, not two, not three, not the other one, there's one that would be the Savior for all. And as you look on this scene here, the baby Jesus Christ being born, being surrounded by people coming to see him, coming to see this wonderful, this, this uh, wonderful babe because he was, he was the sinless one. Now, for those of you who've had children, people come by and see the baby, mom, grandma, everybody wants to hug and kiss the baby. Everybody wants to come over. And then the baby gets older and the baby gets aggravating, right? Just aggravating. They start talking back at a certain age. But Jesus Christ was, was not like that. He was, born, he was born to be the Savior of this world. And it says in verse 3 in uh, chapter 10, for the, custom, the customs of the people are vain. The customs of the people. Christmas is not wrong. It's not wrong for a Christian to celebrate Christmas or to buy gifts under the tree. What it's saying is that people have the wrong idea about Christmas. Just like they did back here with the people of Israel. They made idols. They wrapped them in gold and silver, wooden, wooden idols, and worshipped them. Don't worship Santa Claus. We all know Santa Claus. Sorry if I bust your bubble, but he's not real. However, we know the real Santa Claus, the one who gives the free gift of life. Verse 5, it says, the uh, upright, they are upright as the palm tree, but speak not, they must needs to be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither also is it in them to do good. Rather influencing the world, they were influenced. Let us not be influenced by the world. There, there are people all over this world that may be sad because they didn't get a gift. But let me explain to you something. I went to a Christmas party for my company. They actually threw us a Christmas party. I was amazed. One thing, though, that was, that was uh, profound that they said, they said that make sure nobody leaves here without a gift. Make sure is there's anyone here that didn't receive a gift. Because we did a raffle and they said, is anyone here didn't receive a gift? Everybody said, no, you got one, we got one, we got one. Everybody's good. Yes. May I tell you today, may, may that you not leave with the gift of life from, from Jesus Christ. May you not leave. And that should be our model for the next year. Uh, people, people that come to church, uh, is there anybody in the room that has not accepted Jesus Christ? The free gift. You may unwrap a gift on the tree and you may not like it. You may want to take it back to the store. You may want to change it because the wrong color, the wrong size. But let me tell you that it's one gift that is righteous for all. And that's the gift of Jesus Christ, the free gift. And we need to understand that what that free gift is about. It's about having a loving father, an uh, everlasting father, meaning that he's always there for you. Having someone, having a counselor, going to someone, uh, going to Jesus in private and praying. You know, our company did, you know, again, they said, may not no one leave here without a gift. I cannot challenge you, don't leave here this morning without the gift of God in your heart. Don't leave here. Get it settled today. For God saw the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting. Because we inherit that from him. So again, make sure you understand that he's the light of the world. Make sure that you understand, and it's crystal clear, that we don't worship the Virgin Mary here. We worship Christ. Mary was a great, Mary, Mary was highly favored. Mary was highly favored. She got a message from the angel of the Lord, said she was highly favored. But she's not the one to be worshipped. And some people get it wrong, and some religions get it wrong, and they send people to hell every week or every year because they get it wrong. They worship the Virgin Mary. Rather than worship the one who came out of Mary from God, which is the Prince of Peace. And when he stood in his hands and said, it is finished, what was finished? Hope was fulfilled. Hope. Let us stand. Hope was fulfilled. What hope? It was prophesied many years that Jesus Christ would come. And that gave us hope. That gave us hope. And I want to close with this. In Luke chapter 2, I'm talking about Simeon, and then I will dismiss you. It says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed by the Holy Ghost that he should, he should not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ, the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, let us thou, let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen salvation.